The object of the ellipse within science fiction offers numerous ways to reimagine temporality outside of the confines of linear progress. In part two of Ellipsis, returning to time knots and techno-utopias, we travel back to the techno-utopian ideas of the dot-com boom of the early 1990s to explore the now-fraught potential of constructions of digital space and generative music and the hope that technological advancement could bring society closer to utopia. You're listening to the Liquid Architecture podcast. Today, Brenna Murphy and Birch Cooper from MSHR talk through the influence of science fiction using the webpage as an artistic platform and the construction and interaction with generative systems. MSHR have created Orbit Instatiator, an epic and otherworldly hyperlink labyrinth where the reader can navigate 16 rooms. Each room glimpses into an unknown world that fuses computer-generated music and digital sculpture together and is responsive, morphing and shifting as the reader explores the webpage. MSHR is an art collective that builds and explores sculptural electronic systems. Their practice is a self-transforming entity with its outputs patched into its inputs, expressing its forms through interactive installations, virtual environments, and live improvisations. MSHR was established in 2011 in Portland, Oregon, by Brenna Murphy and Birch Cooper. Their name is a modular acronym designed to hold varied ideas over time. MSHR. I'm Brenna. I'm Birch. And we're a two-person art collective. We've been active for about 11 years. And we often explain that the reason that we self-identify as an art collective is because we were part of a larger art collective before MSHR that took a I guess, radically collaborative approach. And when we formed MSHR, we wanted to continue working in the same spirit. Even though we're just two people, we kind of think of ourselves as a collective mind. Our piece for Disclaimer is called Orbit Instantiator, and it's a website that is an art piece using the web page as an artistic format. The idea is that it is based in uh, the idea of science fiction and we're presenting a world giving a description of that world and giving specific like scenes from that world i guess what i would add to that is that it's kind of emerging out of a series that we were doing that was exploring this maybe potential relationship between science fiction, generative computer music, and digital sculpture, and the types of things that we were doing in those different mediums. Although we don't write science fiction, we enjoy reading it. And it sort of struck us that there could be some interesting intersections between those approaches. And so this body of work that we were exploring was 
using the types of tropes or or maybe like of science fiction to uh, describe these spaces, which could be equally a description of a generative music system or a rendered environment. I'd say maybe for the past 10 years or 15 years, uh, we've been reading a lot of sci-fi and I have come to kind of feel like science fiction books are maybe my, my favorite art form somehow. Like I really get a lot out of them. And although our work, like the actual mediums we use, are really different than a sci-fi novel, like we never use narrative as like a form in our work, but somehow we feel this like deep resonance with sci-fi. So we're always kind of trying to find out like where it is that the connection is. To echo Brenna, I, I think it's just, we felt that it had a lot of relevance to our work and also the type of work that people that we're interested in were making and, and maybe even the communities that we were a part of. I guess the world building and societal modeling that happens in science fiction is is interesting to us. I feel like in this piece, we were trying to somewhat use the form of science fiction in that we are describing a world and offers scenes from that world, which is something that I really love about science fiction that it kind of gives you an overall description of an imagined scenario. And then it also gives you these poetic zoom-ins, like the surface of a vehicle or the way that light goes through the city in this imagined place. So I think in our piece, we wanted to play with that kind of way that science fiction offers the description of a place or a time or a society. Yeah, and to use that framework to make an audiovisual composition that pairs these renderings and this audio, and then with this interaction sort of navigation overlay. Instead of a linear narrative, we're offering a world that's there, and you can kind of choose your own path through it. Yeah, I think science fiction is all about building a world that kind of reflects our own world, like it helps you see what's going on in our own world more acutely somehow. And I think we're also doing that in our own work. We build a lot of like electronic systems and we're interested in cybernetics for the reason that building our own systems is a way of kind of reflecting on natural systems in reality. And I think sci-fi also kind of functions that way the lens back into our world. I feel the need to mention that I don't think it would be a true statement that science fiction is like really the basis of our work or something that we're really centering our work around. What's an important input? It's definitely an influence. (laughs) 
The concept of the piece is that we're describing an imagined architecture of kind of a a reality that's maybe not physical or has a completely different set of boundaries. We're kind of describing what the circumstances of that habitation are and imagining how the entities could move through it. And on the other hand, we're creating a physical, I guess, experience for people to interact with web page. So like we're offering them, like people, an experience to navigate through pages that we've put into this kind of sequence. So I guess to reiterate, on one hand, the sort of fantasy of the piece is not oriented towards humans at all. It's this complete abstraction, this implication of some kind of society and architecture and beings inhabiting this architecture that is not at all human and probably completely incomprehensible to humans, except for through total abstraction, kind of in the same way that, for example, the code for making a a generative cybernetic computer music system could be. But then, of course, the work is actually for humans to be interacted with through the architecture of a web page. It's just a very basic website built with like HTML and CSS and a little bit of JavaScript. And our websites, they do relate to like early net art. They're kind of like a choose your own adventure, early net art kind of thing. So people can navigate it just through clicking on links to take themselves through the pages. And we designed it so that the front page is kind of an overview map that has icons that represent each of the rooms. So you can either use that front page to jump to any room on the map, or then once you're inside of a room, there are these transit lines in the corners, and you can use those to jump to one of the rooms. Each room connects to four other rooms. (laughs) So it's kind of like this geometric like hive where each node connects to three or four other nodes, and you can travel through the rooms by clicking the corners to go to the next one. So it's like a very basic interaction and very basic arrangement, but it could lead to any sequence. I guess it's sort of like almost symbolic of complexity, but not actually really embodying that complexity. It represents that. And uh, I guess the most literal way that it represents the type of thing that's described in the piece is that you can click these different rooms from the main page to instantiate a unique orbit like we talk about in the piece. I think for me, the most literal connection between the idea of like the potential of electronic music and the potential of science fiction and their relationship comes from 
this Australian author, Greg Egan, who has a book called Diaspora, in which he imagines these totally digital societies where these completely software-based humans or post-humans live and the, the types of essentially lifestyles that they have. I found that really a pretty obvious connection to our software-based art. And I like how I feel so much potential to just go into complete abstraction there, like how a human experience could go into like complete digital abstraction. We're interested in how you can set up a system and then watch it play out like it's a living thing in computer music. That's our kind of goal and our interest. And we're interested in how a computer music system can be like a living ecology. Generative music has just emerged in our practice as something that really resonates with us. And for me, as someone who makes music, I guess you have to make a lot of formal choices about how you'll approach that. And uh, to me, it just seemed really sensible to model music after natural systems. To me, that seemed like a really honest way of going about it. And so our music in our installations or in our recorded music often is um, some kind of highly synthetic or totally synthetic system that's behaving like what I would call a natural system. And of course, analog electronics essentially are a natural system, but they're also highly synthetic. And sometimes we build generative systems that completely play themselves, but other times we build generative systems where part of the system is our own input or our own interaction with the system. And for us, that's part of the interesting thing with playing is that you are playing with like something that you can't expect what they'll do. The relationship with music happens on a lot of different levels for us because, for example, one level might be designing a circuit which we, we build our own instruments. So even just building the instrument, there's a lot of different levels of interaction, or I guess you could say composition there, where designing a circuit, thinking about how you would interface with that circuit or interact with it physically is a, a really big part of the work, and then how it would interact with other, I guess, units. Eventually, you have this sound-generating system and a way of interacting with it, and there's been a ton of choices already made in terms of what that system is like, maybe involving hardware and software, and maybe some kind of physical scenario for how you're interacting with it. Once you've reached that point uh, where you're interacting with it in a live setting, there's a framework in place for what that behavior will be like, but hopefully it's as lifelike as possible and it gives you as much as possible. You aim for this balance of non-linearity, but with outcomes that you like.
Orbit and Statiator by MSHR is published alongside works by Savani Suri, Coco Klockner, Catherine Ryan, and Lu Yang for part two of Ellipsis, edited by Liang Luscombe for Liquid Architecture's online journal, Disclaimer. This podcast was produced by Mara Schretfeger for Liquid Architecture on the land of the Gadigal of the Eora Nation. We acknowledge them as the traditional owners of this land and recognize that sovereignty has never been ceded. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. Liquid Architecture is an Australian organization for artists working with sound and listening. You can support our podcast and online journal disclaimer through a Patreon subscription for as little as $5 a month. Find the link in our show notes.